Mesa, and this is Charlie Bright. touches we're back after a week out of the game after a, a mammoth week of podcasting from Royal Ascot which culminated in a 100 to 1 winner tipped by me <laughs> in the first race on the Saturday Holloway boy uh, came in for Carl Burke owned by his wife which means basically him as well uh, that was cool we also had winners in the in the shape of some other horses <laughs> i actually can't remember it it feels like so long ago <laughs> it does it does uh i remember that you had midnight lagoon which won that was that wasn't on saturday no but it won but do it no i have more winners than just one um no we had yeah we had a few uh on the saturday i just remember broom beat um uh, uh hurricane lane I was really annoyed about that. But otherwise, Saturday was good. We were probably more concentrated on our picnic, which was a huge success, uh, I think, as everyone as everyone testified to who was there. Um, and, yeah, it was just a brilliant day. I mean, I really enjoyed Royal Ascot. I was glad to have a week off. We were both spending our winnings, um, you in New York and me in, uh, in Madrid. Um, and, yeah, it's good to be back in the podcasting game. And then Glastonbury. Oh, yeah. God. That place is, is special. I, I wasn't there just for our listeners, by the way. It was great. We also had pure dignity. The, for the eagle-eyed listeners who listened to our interview with David Egan and Safi Osborne, David flagged that up as his horse to watch for the whole season. You would have had to wait for three months for her to make her debut, but she duly obliged at 11 to 4. At that point, I'd had a nice nudge on her. Uh, and was dancing at the wow tent for those of you who've been to Glastonbury it's yeah it's unreal we had a job jobs and uh, palms tracks playing back-to-back set it was incredible and even better when I had a message come in from one of our followers saying get in there pure dignity Uh, so that was a great moment thanks for for helping me out as well because I actually couldn't get enough signal to go on racing post to check the result so yeah, it, it was a good a good week all round. Um, but but glad to be podcasting again. I think this week we're going to take a look at three races very quickly before we have Claire Alexander on from the British Racing Club talking about syndicate ownership for for young people. It sounds very exciting. They've got a couple of seriously good horses. They're going to they're going to be making their debuts uh, later this year. But for now, let's crack on with the the racing this Saturday. We're going to start with the Coral Charge. Then we'll go up to Haydock for the Lancashire Oaks. And we'll finish back down at Sandown with the Coral Eclipse. So let's go to that 150 at Sandown, the Coral Charge. It's a sprint, five furlongs. Mitt Bahi heads the market at three to one. Equilateral, who was a close fifth uh, when I tipped uh, him up at 80 to one. Uh, in that Kingstand stakes, eleven to two, Nymphadora fifteen to two, Arecibo eights, Tippy Toes tens, Existence elevens, 
Uh, Rossell at the moment appears to be a non-runner, but I don't, I don't think he is. I think he does head the market. I think that's just a glitch in my app. Um, Rossell three to one favorite. Mm-hmm. Who, who you backed last time at twelve yeah. to one? Yeah, that's right. Um, I like Rossell for this actually. Um, well, sorry. I, I like him, but I think there might be one in here that could just be that bit better. Uh, and that horse is uh, Mitt Bahi for me. Um, he was a course and distance winner last time out uh, in a listed race. Um, a, sort of a decent affair. Uh, he looks a very progressive horse, to be honest, having been sort of pretty lightly raced. He's a three-year-old. Uh, doesn't put me off, really. That There's sort of no bias, I guess, between the three-year-olds and older horses in, in this race. Um, though you, you usually think that with sprinters you want to be you want to side with the older horses, but that's not necessarily the case in this race. Um, also, I think one one thing to really note about this one is his trainer Roger Varian is in fantastic form. Uh, he's uh, striking at around thirty five percent at the moment, and ten of his last fifteen favourites have gone in. Uh, now Mitt Bar, he's a joint favourite in this, but um, <clears throat> you know uh, that I've well, factored that into the stats, so uh, you know that 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 could um improve that strike rate even more this, this result and I, th- I think he's a pretty strong strong selection here i think that the race should uh set up for him it does sound a bit stupid but i think there's going to be a good bit of pace early on um in this race i think the few there's a few who want to go forward and will battle for the lead the likes of equilateral um and also tippy toes and method um and that should really set up nicely for him because he's a horse who um who likes to stalk and then come with a late run uh so i think that this one should the the race is to suit uh at a course that he's won at before over over proven distance um he's a progressive horse and yeah i think he'll take all the beating here yeah i think also it's pretty telling that he's a a three-year-old clearly on the up still rated 104 whereas rossell potentially still on the up as a five-year-old sprinter equilateral we don't really know always runs well on that on that first run of the season as he has done so many times out in in Maidan, so I think yeah, Mitt Bahi seems a, a nice price at three to one at the moment. Let's move on then to the two forty, the Lancashire Oaks, which is over one mile four furlongs. Clearly, fillies and mares being an Oaks. Uh, Free Wind heads the market nine to four. Ashada seven to two. Sila Rosa for William Haggis fives. Kawida, who is your selection? in the Oaks, who finished a reasonably close uh, fifth place of 11. Stay alert, eights, believe in love, 11s. Invite, 12s. And Nell quickly uh, closes the market 16 to 1. What's your angle in here? I know you're usually a fan of uh, of Ashada. Well, I mean, there's two that I've tipped before here uh, on this podcast. One is Kuida, as you mentioned. Just missed out on the places at 66 to 1. And I was absolutely gutted. But then, to be fair, the next day I went and had Huya Mal. So it, it wasn't all bad. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I would be all over Kuida here. Uh, was it not for the fact that three-year-olds have an absolutely terrible record in this race? Um, I think the last winner, the last three-year-old winner of this race was like, over 10 years ago i can't quite remember exactly when it was but anyway it was a long time ago um and they just don't and they, they have been three-year-old runners as well so so they just don't tend to run as well as the older horses um it's annoying because Kuida is um owned by last year's winning connections um Alpinista obviously won this last year um 
she's also a previous winner at Haydock and, and it was a great run in, in, in the Oaks. I think the form of that's pretty strong with obviously Nashua coming out and winning the French equivalent. Um, concert Hall running a good race and then there's another one in that field that's gone and won since but the name escapes me. Um, but yeah, I, like it, it seems decent form. Um, I mean, that said, you know, the, the three-year-old thing, I think you can't really look past that. Um, I think free win... Um, definitely looks interesting john gosden's got a very good record in this race i think he's the winning most trainer in fact notable um, as well that that rab havlin is is jockeyed up here after the fallout between the gosden team and frankie de Tori. yeah that that all seems pretty acrimonious to be honest it's uh it's a big shame there's there's it's obviously been pretty public as well which is is quite unfortunate for a partnership that's done so well mutually as well throughout the years um you know, John Gosden basically saved Frankie Dottori and, and, and gave him a chance when no one else would. Um, and Frankie really repaid him. So it's uh, it's really sad to see that. But yeah, you're right. Rab, Rab's on board here. And um, that's certainly not a negative against Free Wind, of course, because Rab Havlin's a great jockey. Um, no, I think Free Wind um, could go well here. Um, she's actually got quite a lot of tactical pace for a horse that can definitely stay uh, one mile six. And... I don't think this is going to be a fast run race and she could have it all her own way here um, and just kick on and be a bit quicker than the rest of them. I would want to tip a Sharda, but I just, I worry. I think she's difficult to get ready. Um, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Varian's in good form, but I, I do think she's tricky to get ready. Um, and she's obviously proven quite tricky to train given she's so sort of lightly raced. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a strong selection. Free win would maybe be the pick but obviously she's top of the market so it's it's you're not exactly getting massive value about her um but yeah i don't know if you have a strong selection here i think i'd probably be with it with a shada actually i'm hoping that 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 opening run against uh ilarab where she was very disappointing uh when we 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 tipped her i think given that that run at ascot last year you know she took the the phillies and mares on champions day beating alba flora owned by the same connections as Coida and lost his winner Alpinista uh, and Snowfall notably back in third. I think that is great form. There's going to be soft ground at Haydock, which, which she'll, she'll like. And given the, the form of the, the variant stable and the fact that Free Wind hasn't had a run since mm. September 21, I think Ishada at, at seven to one, at seven to two, you know, she's been supported already in from seven to one. And I, it wouldn't surprise me to to see uh, Al Al Shikau, uh, sorry um, Shadwell Shadwell having a having a nice winner here. Yeah, I just just sorry just on the lack of a run for a free win. I, I don't think it's necessarily an issue just because uh, at the start of her three year old campaign she did absolutely dot up at Goodwood first time out. Um, so she can run fresh, but yeah, I see I see your point. Uh, I don't have a strong selection, but free win would be my tentative pick. Okay. That's the Lancashire Oaks covered. Let's move on to the final race that we're looking at, the 335 at Sandown. It is the Coral Eclipse, the Group 1, one mile, two furlongs. Last year, uh, a very interesting but small field, uh, which was won by uh, Reaf. Vadeni, the very talented uh, French derby winner coming in here for for Jean-Claude Rouget Christophe Soumillon, who had an awesome week at Ascot, crowned off with that win in the Commonwealth aboard 
perfect power. What a ride that was. Some good form, potentially. El Bodigon, we're not really sure what sort of yardstick that is. Uh, but there was a cool modern games back in, in third. So that seems to be a reasonably uh, tight race. Native Trail, the Irish Guineas winner, English Guineas second. 10 to 3 stepped up in trip here. Bay Bridge, who I don't think you can discredit that runner Ascot too much. We said it was going to be a tough ask for a horse to go and win that. He's fours. Mishriff uh, comes back uh, for his first run in England this season, having been very disappointing out in um, in Saudi Arabia. Although John Gosden did say the turf was running like an American track that day, and apparently he got a lot of dirt in his throat. So, uh, you know, we can't look into that too much. Uh, Alan Kerr, who won last time out in Ireland in that Group One, beating High Definition into second, who didn't go on to to much after that fifteen to two. Then Lord North, who we tipped up in the um, in the Prince of Wales at Ascot at twenty twos, which seems a big price. Potentially not going to run because of the um, the ground. I don't know. Twenty two to one seems a big price for that one with James Doyle board. Where's your your hat falling in here? Wait, what, sorry, what were you saying about Alan Kerr? Just quickly, the the Gold Cup form's not good. No. What, what did you say? I can't. I didn't. H- high definition. Didn't next next time oh yeah yeah so high okay high definition fair enough but like yeah hooker. um <clears throat> got beaten yeah fair enough um sorry <laughs> i was just a bit offended because alan kerr was going to be my pick <laughs> um and i think alan kerr should be a fair bit shorter in the market i also don't think uh Videni should be that short um i mean i don't i'm not too sure how to read the the french derby form but like to be favourite in a in a very respectable field with a you know an Irish Guineas winner, um, a very talented stout horse uh, that that came a close a close second at Ascot, um, and the rest as well. You know, I, I think I think you know it, it disrespects the rest of the field a bit. But yeah, I mean, I think Alan Kerr should be a bit shorter um, here. He's a he's a previous course and distance winner, having beaten uh, none other than Adiar last year at Sandown. Um, I thought the the gold cup run um, over in Ireland was really good actually, uh, and he was well on top as well uh, at the end um, against a pretty experienced field. One of those being State of Rest, um, who went on to beat Baybridge the next time out in, in the Prince of Wales at, at Ascot, um, and then also in behind you had Broom as well, who was a comfortable winner of the Hardwick um, on that on that Saturday, beating Hurricane Lane. Um, so. Yeah, I think the form of that race is really good. Alan Kerr is a very talented horse, I think, and and actually has been sort of perennially un- underestimated in his career. Um, I think the fifteen to two or so you can get about him is a very good price, and I would recommend that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, he was gutsy as hell uh, out in Ireland at the Cairo last time. I think for me, it's it's toss up between the the older horses. I think Native Trail stepping up and trip is interesting, but uh, I do see him as a as a top miler. I'd probably just about side with Baybridge. I think for as much as we doubted him at the top level at Ascot, good firm ground. Um, I think given that performance at Sandown when beating Mostadaf was really taking, having that impressive performance under his belt at the track 
I mean, it completely depends on the weather, right? The ground could change a lot between now and then. We've just had an absolute downpour here in London. So we'll see what happens. But but yeah, for me, I think I think Bay Bridge is now ready to, to take his group one. I think State of Rest is a really, really top horse and clearly one that can go go around the, the globe and win. So... So Baybridge uh, for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't really see your logic there when you're saying State Arrest is an amazing horse and then Alan Kerr has beaten State Arrest, but Baybridge failed to beat State Arrest. But okay. Well, we'll see. I think I think Alan Kerr's best on on soft ground. So I think it's going to be soft. <laughs> you just said it's raining loads. Well, I said let's keep an eye on the forecast. I'm happy to take my chance on Baybridge <laughs> being a top top fair class enough, horse. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and I think given his form at Sandown. I'm happy to side with him. Good. Okay, we'll leave that there. We'll go for a break now. And when we come back, we'll be interviewing Claire Alexander, who has some really interesting things to say about syndicate ownership, getting young people into into horse ownership and fighting it up against the big guns. We'll see you after the music. the Midas touches some great tipping action has just gone past and we've now got to the point in the episode where we can welcome on our guest for this week who is the racing manager for the British Racing Club which is a really really exciting initiative trying to get younger people into horse race ownership Claire Alexander welcome to the Midas touches pleasure to be here thanks for having me not at all not at all I think for our listeners the best starting point is probably just giving people a little overview of what the British Racing Club is what they do and what the target market is yeah so we're um, a racing club that tries to offer you know shared ownership to as many people as possible Um, we're at that price point that we hope you know everyone can get involved we lease our horses which keeps the cost massively down um we've been well the the club was actually started quite a few years ago by a lovely chap called Rupert Fowler and um unfortunately COVID slightly put the stopper on it so we um took the decision to relaunch it uh earlier this year in the spring um to try and you know bring it back and get a whole fresh new uh fresh new membership base and um and try and you know just make it fun for as many people as we can um we we come the the management um myself and sam hoskins and luke lillingston we come from um the, the syndicate background in that sam and luke set up hot trot racing um and they also run kennet valley thoroughbred so you know we've we they well they especially have been in the business a, a long time and um and this is just a slightly different you know different approach in that it's trying to get maybe a slightly younger crowd in you know it's there are a lot of racing fans out there you know we all we all love the sport we love going racing you know on a Saturday and it's allowing people to take that next step that allows you know allows you to get into the actual nitty-gritty of you know we don't own them but essentially experiencing what it's like to be an owner Mm. um, which you know 
it's yeah. a it's a real pleasure to be involved with. Yeah, absolutely. But also, I mean, you mentioned Luke Livingston and Sam Hoskins there, and and Hot to Trot, and and they lease their horses as well. I mean, for the listeners who don't know, um, they lease their horses as well. I think, um, and they've had some huge successes, right? You know, in recent past, horses like Heartache, um, Curious, you know, uh, t- to mention a couple, but some really, really good horses. So it's a very interesting model. Um, to sort of it also I suppose keeps the costs down as well right so um you know it, you're able to offer that lower price point but yeah it's a really it's a really clever initiative and and um I think sorry go to how much how much does it actually cost if if I were to to go on a great british racing um sorry the british racing club great british racing is a completely different thing <laughs> if I was going, we even get it mixed up sometimes so <laughs> if I was going to the british racing club and, and apply for um, ownership for one of these horses, how much would it actually cost me to to get a share in a horse? So basically how it works is that you join the club. Um, so you're involved in all six of our horses uh, and it costs £600 a year or £55 a month. Um, and then that's that's it. You know, there are no there are no further costs. I mean, you know, unless it's events and things that are all optional. If a horse, if anything goes wrong, you know, it's it's not the uh, the member's responsibility mm-hmm. to pay for it. And the other good thing, like you, you're mentioning about leasing them, I mean, there are, we believe there are huge benefits to it and it works extremely well for us for reasons I could go on and on about. But um, it also means that, you know, you're not you're not committed to this horse for for seasons on end. If a horse is no good, if it's not up to the job, if it's not sound, if it doesn't enjoy the job, crucially as well. Uh, you know, we return it to its breeder and, and we just find something else. So we have a, you know, a constant sort of rolling rotor of horses and, and that, you know, that's just one of the many, many benefits. I of think leasing. that's such a, a crucial thing because for a lot of people out there, I'm sure £55 a month is a really nice entry point to be able to get involved with horse race ownership. And the thing that I've definitely had in the past when I've looked you know things like the uh, the owners group. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been other syndicates that I've been involved in. Is when you're stuck with a horse that doesn't perform how you want it to, um, and that's kind of it. And you know for consecutive months on end following that you're not going to have much success. So I think it's so cool to be able to have that flexibility mm. with the horses that are in the uh, the ownership group. So it's definitely really a really cool model. I guess my question is kind of about the um the scouting of the horses clearly you've got to have a bit of an eagle eye um and i'm sure that you guys do are there specific uh sort of breeders owners trainers that you're that you're looking to go to when you're when you're scouting the horses for the group yeah well this is one of the benefits of having sam and luke involved because they've been leasing horses for 10 years with hot trot now so they have really good relationships with some of the top breeders in Ireland and England um, and they get offered a whole load of horses every year on both the national hunt and the flat side and that was one of the reasons they wanted to take on another project was because they have to turn a lot down a lot of horses that anyone would love to race I mean the you know uh, often the breeders are keeping them because they're so well bred you know we, we nearly always get leased fillies um, because they they want to hang on to them but they don't necessarily want to pay the training fees for them to be in training well, they, you know, they have so many horses that they can't. And so we we take them on for their racing career. And that means we get offered some just incredibly well-bred horses that, you know, you would, you know, if you were buying them at auction, 
it just wouldn't be it just wouldn't be realistic for you know the everyday person to get involved with a horse like that we with the British Racing Club we have a half sister to a group one winner with Tim Easterby and you know just having horses of that quality is just an impossible dream for most of us and so yeah Luke and Sam get sort of actually starting about now but moving on into the autumn when the yearling sales happen get offered you know horses from breeders and they go around and look at them all um, and work out which ones might might work and for which syndicate and that I've, sort of thing. I've always thought as well, if you're going into horse race ownership without a, you know, a long-term view for creating an unbelievable line of stallions, being able to get a, uh, a filly and sneak some black type mm-hmm. onto that page, you're immediately upping the value of the horse straight away. And that for me is just... Uh, so I know it, it, it's potentially not uh all sort of something that you choose to do but being able to have that thing where you've got a filly sneak some black type and then you know move on afterwards you know it's 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 really it's really it's really interesting definitely and that's um something that i think one of the reasons that luke and sam are respected in this you know in this game is because they've now they've got a reputation for looking after these these syndicate fillies they don't just you know race the head off them they mm. really do try and you know encourage the trainers to find them a, a weak little black type race even if that's you know at beverly and most of the owners are southern based you know it's it's got to be in the interests of the the horse the breeder and, and the syndicate so um they they that's why they have good relationships with a lot of the breeders and sam is a real form buff and knows the race program inside out so he'll hear that a two-year-old is galloping well in sort of march and already have a race lined up for it <laughs> you know later on in the spring that he thinks would suit he's a absolute master for doing that <laughs> i love that i love that and how have the the horses been running so far uh this season yeah, so we've we've had a couple of runners um we have a really fun filly with tom clover called electric love he's a five furlong sprinter and she's just she's she's a four-year-old and she's so game she tries so hard and she's been really unlucky her last couple of runs but she she's definitely a winner waiting to happen mm. touchwood um so she's she's actually in at yarmouth on wednesday so hopefully with a bit of luck she she could go quite well there um and then we've we've got a listed filly with tom ward uh, called louisa cassati who um she's she ran she's only run once this season she likes a bit of cut in the ground, so she should be really fun this autumn. She was fourth in the listed race at Air um, back in in May, so yeah, she's um she's really fun. And then we've got two unraced two year olds who we're really excited about um, the the uh, um, Bungle in the Jungle half sister uh, to Group One winner that I mentioned earlier. She's with Timmy to be, and she should be out in august hopefully she's gorgeous filly and then the one we're you know really excited about is a ulysses filly with george bowie who's just uh you know well luke said she was the nicest filly that he saw in the whole of europe last year so when he was looking at the earnings so she's some high praise she's the serious one to look forward to in sort of september time um so that's our our flat team which yeah it's a pretty exciting one what was the name of the the final horse you you mentioned she is unnamed as yet. She is by Ulysses out of Panova. Okay. Real good um, Cheveley Park family. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to let you know when she's named, but keep an eye on that one for sure. She's a rocket. I remember when we had uh, that, I went to the, the dinner for the Thurlow Syndicate and Willie Mullins had 
the what was it walk in the park uh Qua vega and he didn't say the name and it turned out to be facile vega yeah, yeah. Uh, nice which, <laughs> which went and won the the champion bumper so definitely we've got a good strike rate for for, for unnamed horses so far <laughs> For sure. Well, I can give you another one. Um, actually, from Facil Vega's family, funnily enough, um, that we've bought a, uh, uh, well, we've leased a walk in the park filly um, for, to join our jumps team. Uh, she just joined the team last week and we haven't officially announced it yet, but uh, she is extremely nice. Um, she's with Toby Laws, uh, just, you know, south of London in Surrey. Amazing. So um, she's very exciting and you guys seem I'm to be trying su- to think of what she's out of so i can tell you <laughs> i have to text it to you <laughs> and you guys seem to be supporting uh up and coming trainers as well which is which is awesome yeah i think i mean george bowie's demonstrated it really well this year in how much you know everyone thought this time last year he's a really good trainer but in that time he's gone from being a really good young trainer to being a you know classic winning yeah, trainer absolutely. and um we really hope that you know we've got Tim used to be a fantastic trainer and he's yeah. well proven he's need to prove anything to anyone but we've got with our flat horses we've got them with you know three of the real brightest talents in the industry I think uh, you know Tom Clover is an extremely good trainer as well and sort of just like like George Bowie just getting you know just in the sort of early days of his career and Tom Ward as well has been doing incredibly well season on season building up his strike rate so yeah mm. we've um We've, we've sort of it's been a conscious decision in part because of the communication side of things you know it's so important for us that we get that we get regular videos and um you know all sorts of different content for our members to enjoy to enjoy yeah. and like that i think the the younger generation of trainers it comes so naturally to them to know that that's really important um so that's you know it has been a it's been a conscious decision in some ways but also it's you know it's just how it's worked out that, that those uh, trainers have come up with the horses that we've leased of course of course and how would it work for for a member to um to get there on on race day because i know for for some um you know that part of the the ownership package is is really what they're looking for so do you get sort of owners and trainers badges yeah and i think that is that is definitely part of the whole joy of it is going to the races as an owner enjoying you know the owners and trainers area and getting in the paddock and meet, meeting the trainer and everything it's definitely part of it and um we've been very lucky so far that with our runners we've managed to get everyone a badge that's wanted one i'm sure if we get enormous you know which is unlikely that we will but um that you know that we'll struggle more but some of the race courses are really waking up to now how important syndicates are and um you know we're getting sort of 20 25 badges you know to get people in and mm. it's so appreciated when they do help us out like that and uh yeah so what how it works is that everyone who wants to come tells me that they want to come and then if we go you know if we've got too many people wanting to come they we do a ballot for badges yeah. but um you know so far it's not been a problem for us and it's definitely it's definitely part of the appeal i think is you know actually getting to go as an owner yeah a hundred percent i think it's it's such a cool part of syndicates the fact that you do get the chance to go to the to the race course on race day um and it's it's a it's a, it's such a great thing that seems to be happening in racing because as uh we move from you know this sort of 
monopolization of uh definitely flat racing and jumps racing i guess from certain ownership groups i think to be able to actually compete with them pooling money from lots of different people is the is the only way that really you can do it um so it's fun to be like on board with that fight i've been i'm very impressed by what you guys are doing it's clear that there's some seriously exciting horses in training at the moment yeah it's it's really fun and i think you know it is it's one of racing's really unique um aspects is that you know you, you can pay 50 pounds a month and well, you know let, i'm not going to deny that there are cheaper syndicates out there even you know that you can pay not you know not not a huge amount of money for anybody um and you can be across the paddock from like our you know our superstars our world famous so uh jockeys trainers owners and and yeah you can you can be there for for so you know such an affordable price and be involved and every time a syndicate has a a really good winner you know there are people there are syndicates out there doing amazing things um and every time that they do and more a whole load of you know everyday people just like you know all of us get into the winner's enclosure at Asker or you know Epsom or wherever like it's it's a huge deal I think and it's amazing how far it's come in the last few years and how much more normal it is now but it yeah it gives me such a thrill every time I see you know a syndicate doing well because it's it's good for all of us it's good to show that you know we can compete at the top level you know every time there's a group one winner owned by a syndicate like that's a serious seriously good achievement and um yeah we're not breeding generations of you know amazing pedigrees and things but we're pitching in at the level that we can and i'm trying to compete at that level and it's you know it's great for as many people to be involved as possible I, I absolutely love it. I love every part of it. And hopefully uh, some of our listeners today will be signing up uh, as as we speak. So where should they be going to sign up? What's the process like? How long does it take? And um, how soon could they be on, on the race course supporting one of these horses? As so we, uh, we do everything through our website. Um, so britishracingclub.co.uk uh we actually do a one month free trial um which in case people are sort of unsure about whether or not it's for them um and people can come along to the races and events and stuff in that time and uh cancel if they don't like it for whatever reason um and uh yeah so they go to the website they can join the free trial through there or you know join full stop um we've hopefully got a runner on wednesday as i said with electric love at yarmouth um we're actually going on a visit to Robert Whaley Cohen's stud on Monday, which is pretty unique, a unique sort of event, I think. Um, we're going to see the, well, we lease a national hunt filly from him. So essentially we're going to see her, but really we're going to see the grand national winner and long <laughs> yeah. run and libertine and all these other horses, but we'll try and squeeze in Oakley dancer as well while we're there. But um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's what we're up to on Monday and then hopefully racing on Wednesday. And we've got a, it was a busy July and August actually, which is good fun. Lots of different events on the race course and off the race course and things. So yeah, plenty to get involved with. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Claire, uh, for joining us. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing the progress of all of your horses um congratulations as well because i know how tricky it is to to get these things off the ground and it sounds like you guys are doing an amazing job um so yeah thank you so much um thanks for joining us not at all anytime thanks very much for having me wow
what a great interview that was with Claire. Uh, really, really fascinating to hear what they've got planned with the Breaded Tracing Club. I'm definitely going to be signing up myself as I think it sounds like the one with uh, with George Bowie has a real good shot of being a, a proper, proper horse. What were your thoughts? Yeah, j- just the same as you really. I- I'm definitely interested in in getting into uh syndicate ownership you know it's it sounds it's a brilliant initiative and uh i'd encourage all our listeners to at least have a look you know they've got a free trial month um so if you don't like it after then you can always give up but i'm pretty sure you will and um yeah i'll I'll be i'll be looking into it fantastic another great episode recorded hopefully a few winners and a nice look back at what was an incredible week at royal ascot set (laughs) celebrated for a week Uh, through till the Sunday night of uh, Glastonbury (laughs) Um, let's leave it there for this week though it's a goodbye from me Tris and it's a goodbye from me darling